Hey, welcome to How to Write a Novel. This is a, a revolutionary idea. I'm sitting down today, sitting on a nice park bench. So I'm still making my way through uh, Adventureland and uh, Lost in Translation, watching them in little one-minute bursts, because that's what I like to do sometimes when I sit down to do some writing or something. If my brain needs a little break, just watch some movies in tiny cycling increments. And I noticed uh, with Adventureland, I don't have this concept fully fleshed out in my brain, but let's see, let's see how it comes out. That about an hour in, all of a sudden, the plot rears its ugly head. And it's, uh, it's just like these two characters that were kind of getting along and maybe starting to date. The dude finds out that the chick's been sleeping with this other guy, and even though it started before he even met her, he's all upset about it and like, uh, you're a bad person, I don't know how you could do that. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then uh, he tells somebody and the rumors spread around the Adventureland Park and she quits and I'm just like, when? Man, what just happened to this movie? <laughs> like, for an hour, it was so delightful and I was just digging it. What's with the plot, man? Where did this come from? Why is this here? Like, it didn't even feel like this guy, this main character, Jesse Eisenberg's character. It didn't even seem in character for him to suddenly be acting this way. Like, he had to take a couple of, uh, not severe shifts, but severe enough that I'm like, what? Like, why are you yanking the wheel in this direction just for some empty drama that nobody was asking for, that nobody wanted, <laughs> that doesn't need to be here? And it's just such a bummer. It's like, oh, this is why I didn't remember this movie. This is why my memories were so vague, because it's just like, eh, just turn into another movie. Just another one. Hey, we've only got 80,000 movies, you know, I think we better better get one more in the lineup. Whereas Lost in Translation, man, it fucking is dedicated to its premise of not being like a normal movie. It's so, so great. Holy fuck, <laughs> you know? Again, about an hour in, there's a scene in that movie, it's got to be my favorite scene. It's so awesome, where it's just the two characters in a hotel bed just laying there. Because, you know, they're North Americans in Japan, their sleep schedule's all fucked up, they're constantly exhausted, and they're just, you know, they're just laying there in that just exhaustion state. And they're just chatting about stuff, because the whole movie is literally just about two people that just want to be friends, which is, like, fucking crazy. Like, that is goddamn revolutionary for a movie, to not have a romance plot. It's, like, unbelievably rare. And there's this awesome part where Scarlett Johansson's character is talking just about how, you know, she's in her mid-twenties or whatever, and she just doesn't know what to do with her life, you know? She tried being a writer, she tried being a photographer, she just doesn't know. And Bill Murray's character just says, I'm not worried about you. And it's the best line. Man, that is the best line, because there's so much that that line says. Like, on the one hand, it's like, you know... To be honest, I don't really want to talk about this. It's not really that interesting. It's not really that important to talk about. It's kind of the subtext. But also, there's the message of just like, uh, the reason that I don't want to talk about this, the reason that it's not that interesting is not that I'm not interested in you. 
it's that this isn't really about you. Like these worries about what you're going to do in your life and where your place is in society is all based on a worry that you don't fit into society. You know, it's just about societal expectations. It's not something that really matters. It's not really about you. Who you are has nothing to do with if you're a writer or a photographer or, you know, that worry is not about you. It's a worry about society and fuck that. We don't need that. Fuck that, it's just me and you right here. That's it, that's all that matters. And that all that is just couched in this one little phrase, just I'm not worried about you. It's so good, holy fuck it's good. And then there's a little moment in that scene where Bill Murray's character is talking about having kids and, and the expression on Scarlett Johansson's face is so perfect because she's a newlywed person and she's that's what's on her mind, that's potentially in her near future and she really wants to know like what is it like what's it going to be like that is definitely my favorite scene it's just a small little thing but it's man it's the best so this thing with Adventureland I find it so odd that this happens over and over and over again. That every single movie and every single TV show and every single novel and every single video game, every single everything, just turns out the same. Just turns out so generic and so predictable. And it's like, ah, oh, we gotta have the romance plot. No, we gotta have the third act fucking boring, pointless drama twist. And we gotta do this and we gotta do that. And I feel like it's the same little mental exercise, the same kind of mental, like if you were a gymnast, the same mistake, the same failure to the dismount where I don't know why I brought up the example of being a gymnast. That doesn't clear anything up at all. But it's like, all right, I got my big chance. I'm going to make a movie. How awesome. Oh, I got my big chance. My book's going to get published. Oh, I got my big chance. My comic book, my video game, my whatever. And it's a desire to do well is what's ironic about this. Is like the where this constantly seems to go wrong for people, where the failure continues to happen is it's like, okay, this is my big chance. I don't want to blow it. I don't want to make the thing nobody likes. I don't want to make the thing no one cares about. I want to make the thing that stands out. I want to make the thing that people remember. So in order to make sure that I don't trip up, to make sure I don't fall on my face and have everybody mad at me because I had my big chance and I fucked it up, time to take advice. Time to take in the advice of others. Time to... Uh, pay attention to the demographics and time to pay attention to the uh, market research, time to pay attention to the nebulous wisdom of those who uh, are the gatekeepers of my particular field. Uh, and they say, oh, this movie is not going to be a success if it doesn't have a romance plot. Oh, these, this book is not going to be successful unless <clears throat> the empty drama is in, uh, you know, the third act or whatever. Like, there's just... It's like, in this, in this moment, I want this to penetrate as much as possible. I want as much visibility as possible. I want as much accolades and box office, and I, I need this to work. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. It kind of doesn't matter. That's besides the point, because it's still just a blink in time. It's just a moment, and then it passes, and everyone forgets. But nobody thinks of it on the grander scale. Like, with Adventureland... 
I'm sure everyone was thinking about that moment of like, okay, here we are in 2009. How do we make this movie notable? How do we get people to pay attention? How do we make this a success? They weren't thinking about 10 years later, where is this movie going to sit in the overall canon? Like, where is this movie going to stand as compared to movies, as compared to all art, as compared to, you know, the totality of human endeavor, as opposed to how's it going to do versus its direct competition this one weekend? Because like Adventureland, they had something there. It's like, wow, this is a really unique movie. This is really cool. And then at the end, it just turns into another movie. And if they were thinking about now, I mean, maybe it's all just because it's a financial imperative. Maybe this doesn't make any kind of sense what I'm talking about. But if they thought about now, like, where is this movie going to stand in 2018? Why would they do these things? Why would they make this movie belly flop why would they make it end so predictably and so blandly and so drably which again this is all slightly counterintuitive thinking because you could say that that first hour of the movie was the drab part and then this last half hour is the exciting drama part but it's just empty drama it's not there's no meat on those bones where the first hour despite being less eventful on the surface, there's just way more to dig into there, way more to think about, way more value in the overall scheme of, like, movies about high school kids, you know, or teenagers. And I feel like if they were thinking about that, if they were thinking about where is this movie going to sit overall, they would make way different decisions. They would be a lot more comfortable, and they would have the bravery to make Uh, an unusual movie the way Lost in Translation did the way Lost in Translation was like we're not going to do any of this shit that other movies do they can go fuck themselves who cares because 10-20 years from now this movie is still going to be memorable this movie is still going to stand out this movie is still going to have a place where if it was some weird romance movie (laughs) between two people lost in Japan, who would even give a shit? Who would even remember? So, yeah, I don't know if you ever find yourself at that, uh, at that point, at that critical point where it's like, here I am, I finally got my chance, I got my big break, I got my big opportunity. Try to detangle, try to, you know, fucking diffuse the pressure of that moment in time. Try to stop worrying about this opening weekend, this year even. Think about this decade. Think about what would make this movie still stand out in 10 years. Don't worry about right now, because whatever makes it stand out right now is just... I mean, it's just people that just need to go see a movie. That's all. (laughs) It's like, well, I guess I'm just going to go see a movie doesn't mean shit, man. There's so many movies that made a ton of money in the short term that no one cares about, that didn't mean anything. Maybe I'm being a little harsh on Adventureland, but it's still really disappointing. It's like, yeah, like, okay, I guess it was all right. I mean, I just, I get that. It's like, uh, 
I always think of uh, Nathaniel Brandon, the psychologist. He used to talk about psychological visibility, like why it's so fun to play with a puppy because you know it sees you, you know, it's clear that it's reacting to you. You, you feel visible by interacting with this puppy. And you can even get kind of abstract about it. Like if you're standing on a rock and a big wave hits and, psh, and splashes on you or almost splashes on you and you kind of get that like, whoa, it's like it almost feels like the earth is playing with you. It's like you feel visible in that moment. It's like, holy shit, I'm here right now. <laughs> and like, I don't know. The wave is more abstract. I made up that one. He didn't bring that topic up. But that's how I felt with this movie is... I feel like Adventureland could see me. I, it could see me, I could see it. It's talking my language. It's giving me what I want out of a movie. It's this weird experience that's not like a normal movie, but it's really well done and really carefully crafted. And it's like, yeah, dude, thank you. Thank you for this. And then it just turns into like, oh no, I'm a fight with my girlfriend. And now it's just like, I feel invisible. <laughs> it's like, who are you talking to now? Why did you start talking to that person? Who are they? Why, why, do you, why do you care about them all of a sudden? <laughs> you know, And it's like such a bummer. It's like, you were talking to me. Why'd you stop talking to me? Why'd you start talking to not even someone else distinct? You're just talking to the amorphous someone. Oh, I bet someone likes this. I bet someone cares about this. This is the stuff that people care about, right? This is what all the research says. This is uh, what the graphs that show the previous films. This is the blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, I don't give a shit about that. And I don't know why you gave a shit about that. We were having a moment and you let it go. So that's where I got to give big credit to Lost in Translation. Because that movie did not let go. That movie refused to let go. That could have been the biggest disaster of all time. People could have mocked that movie to death. It could have been awful. But it was doing its own thing, and it wasn't trying to just fill some gap of like, yeah, we need this type of movie in quarter three of 2003, so we'll do this. It was big time doing its own thing, and in fucking a hundred years, people are going to remember that movie. Some of its stereotyping of Asian culture is already maybe not holding up so well, but on the other hand, stereotypes are true. They're all true. So there's my rant for today. Uh, I haven't actually done any writing yet today. I'm going to go do that now. But uh, I think I'm moving right on to the next chapter. Instead of how at the start of a new chapter, I'll usually go through my notes, you know, and gather the notes that I need or that might be useful. This time I got an idea right away. Like I really think I'm in a good groove with my subconscious. Like I'm constantly spurring it on every day and reminding and reinforcing to my subconscious that, yeah, think about it, think about this story, think about what we're doing next. Because, you know, it's like anything, like if you're stuck in, a, in an adventure game and you sleep on it. Because it's like anything when you're stuck, like looking for a solution to any problem in your life or even just like a puzzle in a video game or something and you sleep on it and suddenly the next day you've got the answer. That's what I feel like is going on. It's like I'm just keeping, okay train, it's fine. <laughs> There's no one around. No one's gonna die. Don't worry. I'm like afraid to talk. As soon as I talk, it's gonna honk its horn.
but yeah, I'm keeping, it's like I'm keeping my subconscious on task. It's like, I just want you to be, this is what I want you to be grinding out. This is what I want you to be thinking about is this story. And that combination of keeping it on a daily regimen of like, always keep this story in mind. Keep this at the forefront of what you're parsing out and piecing together. But at the same time, not throttling it, not pushing it too hard. Like, there's a great part in that video game Undertale, which is a, a fucking awesome game. But there's a, a snail race, and if you press the A button to urge your snail forward, which is a standard video game thing, you know, just pound the button and whoever pounds the button fastest wins. If you press the button to encourage your snail too much, it stops moving. And it's like, it's so genius. I love that. Because that's totally how it does feel. Like, I hate being pushed. I fucking hate it. I like hate nothing more than that. If you push me too far, I push you the fuck back. And it's over. We're not moving. It's done. And that's exactly what that snail race does. If you press A too many times, if you press it too fast, your snail just stops. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. We're not moving anymore. You need to stop pushing. And I love that. It's so awesome. So I think I've really hit a pretty good balance of like keeping my subconscious on task, but not pushing, you know, letting it proceed as it wishes to proceed and just like dripping out, not waiting for the big fireworks of the muse, because that just almost never happens. That is not a sustainable way to write, but just drip feeding me the muse just a little bit all the time, you know, just every day giving me another little piece. And I feel like I've got the next piece. It's just like, I just feel it in my mind. And it is an idea that I had earlier that I've got some notes about that I didn't expect to happen this soon, but it just feels right. It feels like the next place to go. And I'll blab about it in the future after I've actually written some of it. I feel like it's probably not a good idea to talk about it before I've even written about it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, let's not uh, blow the inspiration right now. Let's get that down on, uh, let's get that down in text first. Speaking of Undertale, let's play an Undertale song for track of the day. Let's play the spider dance. There's like all the, that game, it's crazy. It's like mostly made by one guy. He designed the whole game. He did most of the artwork. He did all the music himself. And it's just such a funny, clever, cool game. Man, it's just so good. If you've never played Undertale, I highly recommend it. And uh, some of the music is bananas how good it is. But let's play the spider dance because I think that's probably my favorite song. There's like three or four incredibly like 10 out of 10 good songs. But I think spider dance is my favorite. So let's listen to that. Thanks for listening to me ramble. And I will talk to you tomorrow.
That is definitely my favorite scene. It's just a small little thing, but it's, man, it's the best. And it really makes me think, too, about, you know, those, uh, the cliches of, like, uh, people that just talk about the weather, or people that talk about their kids. I don't know what, I don't know, I find that so weird. Like, where did that come from? What is wrong with talking about the weather? What is wrong with talking about your kids? You know, this is your actual experience on the earth. The weather affects your day. It affects everybody. It's a very interesting thing to talk about to me because it's directly applicable. It's a direct experience that we can all relate to that really does affect things. Today is a nice sunny day. Yesterday was rainy and miserable. It's night and day. That's worth discussing, I think. And kids, like, where did that come from? This, like, oh, I fucking hate when my friends post pictures of their kids on Facebook. Oh, they, all they want to talk about is their kids. Well, who, what the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about that's so interesting? Like, it just drives me nuts. It's like these people that cast aspersions of boredom, of like, oh, that's boring. You're talking about boring shit. They're the most boring people fucking imaginable. <laughs> you know, the shit they think is important is so fucking mind-numbing. It's not related to anything. I just, I, uh, man, the more I think about those types of examples, it's like crazy. It's like, how fucking disconnected are you if you don't care about kids? How fucking out of it are you if you don't think it's interesting that your friend has a kid? What the fuck is more interesting than that? There is, <laughs> like, lay it on me. I never know what to say to people. Because they're not interesting. Their lives are crazy boring. The shit they're interested in is crazy boring. And I really think, man, if you get in touch with just, you know, fucking the weather and the idea of spawning, you're to a, that's all you're even here for. That's what your life experience actually is. If you could get in touch with that shit, maybe you'd be grounded on some level. And, like, I don't know, it's just such an irony of, like, oh, I hate people talking about these boring things. If you've ever said that, you're the most boring fucking person in all of creation. <laughs> you know, you don't even deserve to be on this earth because you're just so out of touch with the reality of your existence. You're just so ensconced in this stupid society and it's fucking superficial garbage that you can pretend that your garbage means something. To the point that actual things you find easy to disregard. <laughs>